there won't be a strike at Second City after all. Teachers at the comedy club's training centers in Toronto, Hollywood, and Chicago had been in contract negotiations for about two years and were ready to hit the picket lines today. But the faculty union reached a tentative agreement with management over the weekend. So here to give us background about this battle for a fair contract are Chelsea Hood and Corey Bradbury, who are comedy teaching faculty at the Second City Training Center here in Chicago. Good to have you both here in studio. Hi, thanks for having us. Thank you for braving the cold, Chelsea. Yeah, (laughs) happy to do it. (laughs) So how are you feeling right now? You've got this tentative deal, and it's been a long time coming, Corey. Yeah, I'd say that we are in a uh, breath-in phase, but not fully breathed out uh, as Mm. we're finishing out the final details. But yeah, there was a marathon 13-hour bargaining session between uh, our bargaining team and Second City leadership, which is unheard of in this two-year process. So we were delighted that uh, leadership decided that they would come back after making a last best and final offer last month, which was rejected by membership. Uh, And so we had been pressing them to return to the table to get to an agreed-upon fair first contract uh, or else this strike was going into effect actually today. Um, So we're delighted that uh, they were able to give us that time and our bargaining team was able to come up with a tentative agreement. Right, and full transparency, we we booked you thinking that you would be on strike as of today. And so now we've shifted the conversation ever so slightly. How are you feeling, Chelsea? Oh, I was very excited to come in and be angry, but I feel relieved (laughs) to not need to. Um, I think I think I couldn't agree with Corey more. It has been just a really I, I just came on as faculty a year ago. Okay. So my entire employment has been in this sort of will they won't they mindset. Um, and it's I think it's nice to see that when we can unionize and come together, it brought us a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we would have been able to do that without the union. So as of Saturday, we knew we knew that the contract still needed to be voted on by union members. Is that still the case? Yes, we're still in process. So right now we're setting up uh, Q&A sessions with membership um, to be able to look over details, answer questions, discuss options, and then we'll vote to ratify. And if we vote um, um, yes, then that's the end of this chapter. Mm-hmm. And if we vote no, then that strike would actually go back into a, or would go into effect immediately. Although we're hoping that that isn't the case. Yeah, you mentioned details. We know that in most cases, until members vote, those fine details of a tentative agreement, they aren't made public. What can you share at this point? Yeah, I'll start just to say that uh, we had a recent surge of public support from students, from audiences, from the actors in the building, and that was critical in getting us across this potential finish line with leadership. We had a lot of issues, in addition, the biggest of which was faculty pay for the training center, uh, but also things like the successorship clause. Um, uh, Second City is now owned by ZMC, which is a private equity firm, and Mm -hmm. we wanted a guarantee that if a uh, private equity firm, as they do, sells off Second City, uh, and our contract is still in effect, that our contract would continue to be in effect for the terms of it, yeah. uh, for the duration of the term, I'm sorry. Uh, and that was something that was a huge sticking point until last Friday when suddenly we were able to get everything that we wanted there. So it was a lot of non-economic as well as economic policies that we were going through uh, for not just teachers, but also music directors, and then facilitators, the people that are going into businesses to create custom educational content. Yeah, and uh, ZMC uh, did not reply to our colleagues at the Sun-Times with an immediate comment on the tentative agreement. I wanted to just make sure we mentioned that. But, you know, Chelsea, Corey mentions the sticking points during this this bargaining process. I mean, why were those things important to you? I think as someone who's been performing for 15 years, I mean, I have a degree in performance. I've worked very, very hard to have the knowledge that I have, and I think... That's everybody in your faculty. You know, you're, you're hiring people because of their value. And I think it's really important to show that value um, back to them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, what, you know, Corey mentioned that once we started to get the the support of multiple revenue streams in the building, everybody was like, well, we'll come back to the table. <laughs> and Time I was think, found. Yeah, Time that was, was found. Yeah, it was like, oh, all of a sudden, we um, our Friday opened up. Isn't that wild? Interesting. And we were like, perfect. We would love to chat. Why were some of these things important to you, Corey? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, a lot of our members and myself, I mean, I've taught in two universities and I've taught across the age and experience spectrum coming from Atlanta originally and then into Chicago. And it's just about understanding the specialization of the work. Uh, Like Chelsea mentioned, um, uh, you're not the only one in that boat. Uh, So many faculty members have advanced degrees. Uh, This is highly specialized work. It's not what you might think of. Oh, a couple of people come into a room and suddenly like we teach a little bit about comedy. Mm -hmm. There are also improv for anxiety, improv for wellness programs highly specialized work and I think it's important that um, uh, because there's such a separation in the private equity world between what's happening in the classroom itself and then what happens on the top level of decisions Mm -hmm. that they understand the level of expertise and experience that their employees are bringing in in a way that's commiserate with the rest of the industry as far as teaching artists and the kind of work that we do. Yeah part of this too Second City faculty say they haven't received a pay increase in more than five years and the union says uh, you're paid 50 to 70 percent less than instructors that are at other leading Chicago theaters. Which theater companies are you referring to when when you think of comparing your salaries? Yeah, our bargaining team did a pretty extensive research looking, of course, at like the top, top uh, Chicago theaters, Steppenwolf, The Goodman, but also at smaller companies, including Shattered Globe and like what teaching artists are paid for similar work, not always within the improv community. And one of the disagreements with Second City leadership was that they were only looking at other Chicago comedy theaters, which, of course, look up to Second City as the world class destination. Right, right. And in fact, uh, uh, one of those comedy theaters we know for sure actually paid above what Second City did. So it didn't quite make sense to us. So there was a lot of uh, reality checking, I think, that needed to happen for Mm -hmm. us to be able to reach a potential agreement and understand where we need to go for the future. When we talk about faculty at Second City, how many are affected here? Yeah, this is about 200 altogether, although people come in and out because there are other gigs. It's not uncommon for people to take uh, essentially sabbaticals to go and work on other projects. And none of the uh, training center are full time. So we're all part timers coming in and out, which is why our ability to communicate was something that uh, really helped us in terms of um, organizing ourselves to be able to know what we needed to talk to with leadership. What did you learn from uh, the contract that was won by the faculty in Toronto? We learned that they were very interested in using that same contract uh, for us in Chicago. However, the leadership needed a little bit of coaching to understand that um, Canada has a lot more labor protection. Um, Their health care is not the same at all as what we're talking about in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Training center faculty members have no benefits. We don't get parking. We don't get health care. And so factoring in the cost of our specialized coming in for a three-hour class every Mm -hmm. week uh, is a very different conversation than like a full-time teacher with CPS, for example. Uh, Chelsea, why don't you tell us a little bit about your job as a comedy instructor? Um, Absolutely. I think that my background and what I've done has kind of facilitated me to be in a position of making a good experience for people across like such a diverse background not just age but also I'm, I sometimes will have uh, a, a retired doctor in my class alongside a recent college graduate mm-hmm. and you have to pull from like a massive spectrum of life experience mm. and comedy industry experience to be able to give them both a successful classroom experience yes oh my god that's a challenge right yeah, absolutely what's your favorite part of the job I think once you start them out, they're terrified. I mean, I specifically teach stand-up, so it's already kind of a bucket list item for some people or, like, this is going to be my entire career. And you have to get them 
into a confident mindset, but also there's a lot of editing. I mean, you're you're operating from a place of like, please don't do this off color joke Mm -hmm. and kind of helping people navigate that while not hurting their feelings and then kind of gassing them up to get them to a showcase point. My favorite point is is that show, is that final show that yeah. they get to do for friends and family. All the buildup, and this is the final moment, right? What's your relationship like with your students, Corey? Oh, it really, uh, you know, I teach all across the training center, so it really varies. I'm right now doing an improv one, so folks mm. that literally no one in that class has ever performed before. And I'm also doing a grad review one, which is for folks that have finished the year-long or about to finish the year-long uh, training program. Wow. So, uh, yeah, there are people that have worked and played together and that are working on other projects together. So it's really fun to see that growth of a student. Many students uh, will come in for one class here and there, but yeah. also many of them will this is a multi-year uh, commitment they end up making. And how, so do you, how do you approach Improv 1? I mean, I mean, are there folks that just really shouldn't be there? No, no, every, anyone can do it. And that's okay. what I love is seeing people that say like, oh, I don't know about this. My like friend told me to sign up and like paid for my class. But to see just over a short number of hours how these people can open up and like uh, explore a side of themselves that is shut down by a lot of areas in life. You're told not to be creative. You're mm-hmm. told not to speak your mind. But we're also emphasizing, uh, emphasizing uh, group play, like how to say yes to somebody else's ideas. And these are skills that apply to everywhere in life, not just to the comedy realm. Yeah, your, your years-long late fight it coincided with the closing of a brick and mortar training center in LA yes as well as um, the opening of a new facility in in Brooklyn how has that affected you folks here in Chicago very interesting being in the middle of it. As you know, look at each other <laughs> for support. Well, I will say that we are uh, indebted to the support and the work of all of the L.A. faculty, some of which, I mean, there have been uh, uh, people that have been left to the wayside over the course of this. Um, they were closed during the pandemic as a union-busting measure, essentially. Um, um, and fortunately, many of them have been able to join the Chicago chapter as virtual teachers. So it's been really great being in lockstep with all of them as well as we're continuing through the Chicago contract. Mm -hmm. And then as far as New York, I mean, uh, we can't speak exactly to the timeline of what Second City is doing, but we definitely have noticed it's like, hey, we're trying to get this contract done. And it's been two years. Meanwhile, there is this theater that's being opened in one of the most expensive neighborhoods in New York. So what's going on? It's hard for me to say. I mean, I've lived in Brooklyn for six years and I think I know what the cost of living is like there. So when we're fighting day in, day out for a fair contract here, to then watch you put that kind of money in another city when we're literally called the second city based on the irony of not being a coastal place, mm-hmm. right? I think I think that has been very frustrating. Um, obviously, we want to wish them all the success in Absolutely. Their, their new opening. And I think that anytime you're giving more people the opportunity to kind of come into comedy and come outside of themselves, as mm-hmm. Corey was saying, is huge. But we can't pretend that it hasn't been yeah. frustrating to see the money that we need to be paid fairly being poured into another endeavor. Yeah, and as you talk about more people and the opportunities, let's remember, I mean, Second City has a storied history, mm-hmm. many famous uh, alums. I mean, how does the union fit into that history? Yeah, I think the reality is most of those people that are on the pictures on the walls were members of the training center, and almost all of them have gone through the training center. Right. Second City does not hire performers that haven't gone through the training center, at least to my knowledge. Yeah. Uh, and so I think we play an even bigger role as far as value creators for the business side of things, uh, because it's not just uh, becoming an educational branch of what we do. We're actively training future performers. Uh, and these are the people that will go on to increase what Second City's continuously branded itself as a world-class destination mm-hmm. with 
like world-class teachers. Right. And we absolutely agree with that. We just want to be treated in line with that promise. Chelsea, what else do you want folks listening right now to know about your fight for a fair contract? I think the biggest takeaway for me has been the power of a union. Mm -hmm. um, it, it has been remarkable for me to watch our bargaining team and the dedication that they've had. Uh, without them, I don't know if we would have gotten to this point. Yeah. Well, b before I let you go, Corey, I mean, talk more about what this means for the future the future of comedy in Chicago and beyond. Absolutely. And we voted to form this union right before Second City was then sold to ZMC. And with that also going in everything that was happening with Me Too that summer and the, the ousting essentially of the previous owners, this is a time in Chicago theater and Chicago comedy to determine what is going to be the next generation of, of Chicago comedy, period. And how are we going to um, move forward both as educators in the classroom, mm -hmm. but then also what's happening on the stage once those students go out there and start creating their own work. Um, so I'm really excited about where we are now and the opportunity also with this tentative agreement to uh, set ourselves up for the future for the conversation that needs to be ongoing. And this is not, of course, the end of the road one way or the other. Happy to have you in with some smiles, a little bit of relief, right? <laughs> Sorry, Absolutely. So yeah. punchlines. We're excited to get back to the actual work of being funny. I can imagine. We've been talking with Chelsea Hood and Corey Bradbury, who are members of the Local Association of International Comedy Educators, or ACE Union, representing comedy educators at the Second City Training Center. Now, the union reached a tentative deal in a years-long contract dispute late on Friday. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. Thank, Thank you. you.